Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. What's up, what's happening, everybody, and welcome into episode 133 of the Uptempo Podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I will be joined by my good buddy, Dustin Smith. Like always, we come on here each week and recap the Auburn Tigers football team, and we're going to talk about the 17-14 to victory over the Mizzou Tigers in overtime at Jordan-Hare Stadium this past weekend. And look, there's a lot to talk about. Can't wait to get Dustin's thoughts, his opinions, man. And look, what the hell happened at Jordan-Hare Stadium last Saturday? I mean, 11 a.m. kick, we know things get weird, but damn, I didn't expect them to get that weird. Uh, Auburn somehow, some way, finds a way to win a football game, and Missouri found a way to lose one, but ultimately, you move to 3-1, and and you're 1-0 in SEC conference play, and you have a huge matchup this Saturday at night in Jordan-Hare Stadium with the Bayou Bengals, the LSU Tigers from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We know how bad things looked last Saturday, but you're in a big spot right here before you get Georgia and Athens. This is a big one. All right, we're going to recap this one. Hopefully we can get Dustin on uh, closer to Saturday and we can get in here and talk about the LSU Tigers. But damn, what a, what a turn of events last Saturday was. So can't wait to get Dustin in here. We're going to kick it over to the Belly Up Sports Network, show them all their love and appreciation, and then we're going to get this thing rolling. War Damn Eagle. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome back in, everybody, and tonight we welcome back Dustin Smith for another recap episode, and we're excited to have Dustin. We're here to talk about the Auburn Tigers' big win over the Missouri Tigers, 17-14 uh, to 14 in overtime. Uh, me and Dustin gave our predictions last week, and man, Dustin, uh, I think you called 17-14, to 14, right? Yes, sir, I did. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure you called it in that way, uh, and how it ended in overtime and everything that happened, man, but... Damn, what a game. Um, just voodoo, magic, and Jordan hair, man. But how are you doing tonight? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm good, brother. It was just one of the wildest games I've ever seen all around. Just the silliest fourth quarter um, you're going to see in a long time. Mm. And, you know, we definitely – I wouldn't say that we didn't deserve to win because I kind of based that off of a team's effort. Mm-hmm. And I didn't question our team's effort. They were clearly trying to win. The boys played hard. Uh, but just in the sense of, like, how it all played out, you know, we definitely got gifted one there. So, uh, if you just kind of – I guess if you want to look on the bright side, say, hey, man, there's probably a game somewhere down the way these last couple of years that we deserved to win that we didn't. And maybe the football guys just paid us back. It was nice to see Auburn Jesus make his return. Man, uh one of the craziest endings I've ever seen to a football game. Uh, in the end of regulation and and the end of OT, man, uh, with Auburn getting the victory, it was absolutely wild. Uh, Auburn Jesus is real, um, and and uh, we thank him for the victory. One and zero in SEC play, Dustin. Yeah. Please, uh, stay. Please hang out for a while. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, got a tough stretch coming up, man. But Dustin, yeah, it's about to get real. That's a fact. Dustin, I wanted to ask you, man, uh, starting the night off, uh, we come out, we put up some points early, we force a turnover, man. What were your thoughts on those first couple drives in that first quarter, man? The thing I liked about it, and this is something that was a credit to the coaches and you know, mainly the players and the captains on the team, is just a week of noise, 
We all know what the noise is. We know why it exists. Um, mm-hmm. But they definitely came out passionate. It's funny. Uh, if you just live in a social media world, then you would you would think that uh, the Auburn fans are just this big negative bunch and all this kind of stuff. But there was 80-plus thousand there. Now, it thinned out throughout the game as the struggles continued. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was 80,000 there uh, for an 11 o'clock kick uh, after a very disappointing week before. So the Auburn fans showed up, brought the energy like always. They're always going to do that, you know, with all the stuff swirling around the program, you're going to see a packed, crazy environment, at least to start the game off this Saturday night versus LSU. So the team came out. Um, of course, Derek Hall gets the first interception of the year. Who couldn't? Who wouldn't guess that, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, you know, coming out of the first drive, it ends up being all runs. I do think there was a couple pass calls in there where Robbie just had to run and take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, uh, to start the game, man, I thought we came out great. And uh, like me and you were talking off air, I thought that the the scripted plays, those first 15 to 20 plays, I thought that they were well-planned and mm-hmm. they worked. Yeah, Dustin, um, we come out the first drive, man. And one thing I really liked in that first drive is is we had a couple fourth down conversions. And we talked about the fourth and one mentality, right? And Harson comes out and says, hey, look, fourth and two, fourth and three, whatever it was, I'm going for it. All right. We're, we're trying to set up. We're trying to set the tempo uh, right here. We're trying to set an atmosphere and, and give this team something to fight for right here, man. And they pick up a first down. Uh, tank looked really good right there, man. Breaking tackles and everything. Uh, fighting for extra yards. It, it looked like everything was kind of clicking. And then you, you get over on the defensive side of the ball. You get a deflection. And like you said, man, <laughs> Derek Hall, uh, when he picked that baby off, son, I mean, he looked full in stride uh, like a fullback at the goal line, lowering the boom. And, I mean, hey, why don't we see him on a fourth and one like like late in the fourth quarter with a minute and a half left? Why don't we line Derek Hall up back there and let him tote the rock, brother? We don't have anything to lose on offense at this point. <laughs> hey, hey, why not? Because the way he was running it down the sideline the other day, man, I mean, he looked like a man on a mission. Um, but I, he, I, he played like a man on a mission. He put the team on his back. He did, man. And. Dustin, that's one thing is is like we had the early success in the first quarter, but then in the second quarter when we got off the script, Dustin, what happens? It it the wheels fall off and we give up fourteen and we go into half tied fourteen fourteen. That second quarter, man, it just looked like it took me back to Penn State in the second half where we had no idea what we were doing. I. I don't know, man. I, I, I it just it looked like a mirror image of Penn State in the second half. No, uh, it's it's becoming a trend, and um, it's been a problem at Auburn for a long time. I mean, even throughout the majority of Cus's years, uh, Kevin Steele's defense carried those teams. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, I don't. Just when I sit back and watch college football every Saturday, you know, I watch the Texas Tech game. Texas, uh, I see these teams throwing the ball around. It. Every, it seems like even teams that aren't good offensively mm-hmm. can score 20 to 24 points. I mean, the way the game is now, it's all tilted for the offense. Mm-hmm. And just every single play for us looks like work. It looks extremely difficult, man. It really yeah. does. Extremely difficult, and then you lose Tate Johnson. Right, your center goes down, Dustin. Uh, how how big of a loss is that, man? Because like we already know, we don't have depth at that position. Um, our our offensive line is probably the worst in the conference, and now you're having to put a Jaleel Irvin at center, and you're having to constantly move pieces around to a line that already can't protect our quarterback, man. Yeah, I mean TJ's already hurt. You know, Robbie got hurt. I was on block, but mm-hmm. he's out there running for his life. Uh, you saw him holding his limited snaps. Um, oh. He's under fire immediately. You know, it's just, which you could not expect him to do anything uh, without any game reps. And his first game reps, yeah. he is just, he's immediately under pressure. You, just, you can't even get a realistic look at him. So mm-hmm. you're just praying for his health at that point. Uh, it sucks because you don't get a good look at the receivers. I happen to think the receiver room has got better. 
Mm-hmm. I happen to think there's some talent in that room. Mm-hmm. I think we've recruited well. I think uh, Coy Moore, he Huge. popped. You know, let's, let's find ways to get Coy the ball. Yep. Um, Barr, our leading receiver, doesn't even – he didn't have a catch. I'm pretty sure he didn't have a target. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not – you know, I don't, I don't understand why there's passing the ball, moving the ball – in college football in 2022 does not seem so difficult for so many teams. And we just cannot get it right, man. And, and like, the thing that really stood out to me um, Saturday was you're calling the same kind of stuff that you would for TJ Finley the whole game with Robbie. Mm-hmm. you got to set Robbie up, man. There's, there, there needs to be a lot more RPO zone reads and – where are the slants? Where are the drags? Where are the quick outs? Where is anything to get the ball out quick? Because you mm-hmm. know, unfortunately, the pass blocking is probably not going to be there. Yep. But it's these long developing, like I told you, all fair, man. It's like these, like you're asking, you're asking, it's like a Jimbo Fisher on a Jameis Winston type system. We don't have a quarterback on the roster that can make those throws, and we don't have the offensive line that can give us the time to make those throws. You gotta, you, it's just, you gotta change it. And I don't know what, in the first three weeks, what, what happened? Like, what are you going off of to make you think it's gonna work going into this game? Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, uh, like you said, once it got off script, I mean, you, you, you'll finish the first quarter up 14 to 0, and then you go into the half, you know. I mean, you didn't score a point after that until you got set up in field goal range and overtime. Yeah, Dustin, and that's what I was saying last week, man, is there's no creativity to this offense. And one thing that bothers me, it's very bland, man. And it seems like every ball that we throw, it's it's either a big hit or a miss, all right? Everything seems like a home run ball type thing. Um, And like I said it the other week. Uh, where where are the where are the mesh concepts where where is where's our our drag routes uh to get traffic over the middle man i watched texas a&m and arkansas the other night and texas a&m they're trying to free up anaya smith and they're trying to get him in space some pick plays or whatever man something over the middle to to cause you know traffic and so he can free up all right and Auburn has none of that right now. Nothing. All right. And like you said, man, get the ball out quick. Where are the tunnel screens? The wide receiver, you know, you, you get your wide receiver out on a bubble screen or, or you know, get tank, man. Send tank out into the flat. Why do we not throw the ball to tank in the space, in, out in space, man? I don't the, understand. The first drive where we scored. Yeah. Both those passes down in the red zone. The one to Camden Brown, which thank you for throwing on in the ball. Yeah. And then the one to uh, Kelly. Yeah. Those. Those worked. Yeah. Those were nice. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see in the rest of the game. The rest of the game. That's what I'm talking about, man. Once we get off script, it's it's over with. It it's it goes back to being bland. And I saw the thing, a thing today was like, hey, well, why doesn't Brian Harson think about calling plays? Could that be something there, Dustin? Uh, does Brian Harson need to take over the play calling from Eric Kiesau? Is he not ready? Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. If you know, I don't ever know, and maybe this is just me being still trying to get over uh, the Gus Malzahn. We all know how this went in Gus's tenure. Uh, we never really knew what was going to play. Every year going into the year, we heard something different, and we would hear different stuff during the week. Uh, yeah, we never knew. So I don't really know what to believe when it comes to that. Uh, if Eric Keesaw is really calling the plays and Brian Harson's not, that just that that shocks me that that was ever even a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Eric Kiesel has never been an offensive coordinator in this kind of position at this level, mm-hmm. and you're horse and you're coming into the season knowing that you know the seat's warm if things don't go right because and people will pin that on this crazy you know mini joke about it all the time. Charlie Five jokes about it, uh, mm-hmm. the evil booster narrative. That's just fake and doesn't exist. But the it's funny because it's just like this is not this is not going anywhere, man. I, I don't even know really where to 
there's just no adjustments happening. It's mm-hmm. just, it just stall. It just like you said. It just when it when it comes time to make adjustment, it just stalls out. Yeah, Dustin, and like I look at this second half, man. You go in 14-14, and I know Lance Dahl that I always mention on this podcast, man, um, he posted on Twitter, he said, does Auburn come out like they did against Penn State and fold the deck, or do they fight for their season? And I said, man, I mean, by the looks of it, at the end of the first half, uh, it looks like you're going to fold the deck, Dustin, because where do you go from here? All right, where do you go? Uh, thank God we had a guy like Derek Hall. All right, thank God we had guys like Colby Wooden. Yeah, thank God we had guys like Colby Wooden and DJ James and Keontae Scott. Yeah, Colby had a good game. Yeah, man, and 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 like we had guys out there making plays on our defense because our defense won us that game. And you know, the the second half they played, they were put in a terrible a terrible position multiple times in that second half and I don't realize if Auburn fans know this or not but there was multiple times where they were put in bad spots go back and watch the replay all right if if it's not fresh in your mind our defense stood tall when Missouri was driving the ball they stood tall they either come up with a sack or a tackle for loss or something a negative play to stop a, a Missouri drive and I mean, Derek Hall had a lot to do with it. I mean, he played his ass off, man. And and that is one thing I wanted to do tonight is in this second half, man, I wanted to shout out the Auburn defense because I know a lot of people right now, they think that it's just all negativity, Dustin. But I wanted to give a huge shout-out to Auburn's defense and especially Derek Hall uh, and DJ James, honestly, man. DJ, that dude right there has absolutely stepped in and filled a role. Uh, he has been absolutely electric all over the field and a lot of people are giving him high praise, Roger McCreary praise and everything, uh, because he is just in a hip pocket every single route, man. No, DJ is DJ's coming on, and, you know, for, um, I haven't been a, a big fan, obviously, of always saw what's been staying from Jess Metting, but mm-hmm. he gave up 14 points in the second quarter, and then they don't score for the rest of the game. So, obviously, whatever he did at halftime – worked and it's even more impressive when the defense has to come out there and the offense isn't moving the ball mm-hmm. and the defense has to come out there every time and time and time again they're back up against the wall and we never really were starting with build, uh, field position we were always down in the field position game so yeah man the defense played great and like except you know they don't score a point after halftime so if you do that you're always going to give yourself a good chance to win. And I'm sorry, I got side chat real quick. So I wanted to, because I don't want to sound crazy. No, um, go ahead. Somebody had knocked on my door. But what I was saying was about the boosters. Was I was just saying, I, the point I wanted to make was, mm-hmm. when, you, when you go six and seven, right? When you go six and seven the first year, mm-hmm. uh, people will be understanding, but in eyebrows raised. And that's at any SEC program. So even if you, so even if you want to do with the whole Jimmy Ray and all that kind of stuff, just know that at Florida or Tennessee, at Georgia, anywhere like that, at Auburn, no matter what year, no matter what the circumstances, if you have a losing season your first year and you finish that losing five games in a row, mm-hmm. the seat's going to be lukewarm to start. Like, there's people are going to have their eyes on what's going on in recruiting and on the field. So I just wanted to, to finish, finish that point so it didn't sound like, you know. So, Dustin, what I want to say to that is, before we hop back to the game real quick, is, all right, so remember last week when I told you that Auburn doesn't belong in the conversation in football with a Mississippi State or an Ole Miss or an Arkansas or a South Carolina. We're better than those programs, man. And, 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 and Dustin, I'm not bashing those programs. And if you're listening to this podcast, like it's not, it's not anything downing your program and what each of you have built. It's just a standard of Auburn is a top 20 football program nationally. They are historically, they're a top 20, uh, top 15 football program nationally. And that's just how it's supposed to be. So, when you start a season six and two, Dustin, like you said, and then you blow a twenty-eight point lead to Mississippi State, and then you somehow lose to South Carolina, man, like that right there 
that was my ticket for Gus to go, Dustin, is when we went up there in the COVID season and we lost to South Carolina, bro. I was like, man, what is going on? Like, I, I can't be losing to South Carolina, dog. I, I can't be doing it. Like, I just – it just can't happen, all right? And then you turn around with Harson and you go back up there in 2021, and you're winning the game. You're actually dominating the game once again, and you find a way to lose the game, all right? So now you've lost to a bottom-tier Mississippi State program, and now you've lost to a bottom-tier South Carolina program. And that is when the eyebrows started to raise. I said, hey, man, yeah. like, what's going on here? And then you kind of brought me back in, Dustin. He he threw the – he cast it out there, and he hooked me, and he started reeling me back in with the Iron Bowl, Dustin. He reeled me back in real slow. And then we got to the Birmingham Bowl, and I saw the display that he put on for Houston, and I said, hey, man, this ain't it, brother. You can't even win the Birmingham Bowl. You can't even beat – you can't even beat a G5 team – from the AAC in the Birmingham Bowl, you were in your backyard, bro. You were two hours away from your campus, and you can't even win a bowl game. Like, yeah. no, listen, buddy. I and I see. I let all that slide up, time. I but like I said, it just my eyebrows are raised. Like, mm-hmm. anytime, anytime a new coach comes in. I try to stay in the middle, man. I don't try to go too much to this guy's going to be the next pass by. I don't try to go too much to this guy's going to be the next Mike Shula. I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll just see how it goes. And I'll pay attention as time goes on. And there's a lot of things to pay attention to on the field and off the field. And uh, that's just kind of the approach that I'm taking with it. As long as 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 anybody's still employed as a coach, they still got a chance. Tommy Tuberville. They already were on the jet. They already had it all planned out. You know, Bobby Trino was going to be the guy. And Tubbs rattles off 15 wins in a row. So, mm. it's kind yeah. of where I'm at with that. But yeah, yeah man. man. You know, like on the, uh, just for Saturday, we all see the struggles um, on offense, and it, like I said, just from a, just from a bigger standpoint, man, it just really is frustrating as Auburn fans. Uh, it's been going on for a while now. We're on our second uh, "quote unquote" offensive guru as a head coach, mm. and we're just not we're just not seeing it. Two hundred seventeen total yards Saturday, mm. um, eighty two rushing yards. We averaged three point three yards carrying. Mm. So just you know. Um, I mean, the penalty's cleaned up, and we didn't commit a turnover, so good job there. Uh, we're three or four on fourth down. Now we were three for 16 on third. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's the position you're putting yourself in, right? How many of those are third and two? Not a lot. The majority of them are third and eight, third and nine, because you're not getting anything. You're not getting any push. I mean... Tank had 62 yards after contact, and he had 44 yards total. That is <laughs> insane, man. That's unacceptable, Dustin. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to have to do, Blake. Um, at this point, you're going to have to make changes. Um, maybe counsel at center. It's time to see. We've heard Jeremiah Rice going back and forth, back and forth on the line. It's time to put them out there and see. I mean, you're just there. Like, I don't want to knock these kids. They're playing as hard as they, you know, they, they don't want to, the offensive line, they don't want to put that performance on there. Um, but you watch it, you see what it is. So there's really no way to sugarcoat it. Tank and Jarquez aren't the problem, certainly. Um, you're just not getting any push. So... Big changes have to be made this week in that facility in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. If if the people that are running, you know, if this staff still wants this job, which was as toxic as the situation has got, who knows the answer to that. Mm-hmm. If they still want this job, if Brian Horson still wants this job, big changes got to be made this week. I'll just stick to the on-the-field stuff because the off-the-field is a whole other podcast. 
but and that's not personal stuff. That's just mm-hmm. I'm talking about recruiting and, and player management and just the way that all that kind of stuff is being handled. I'm not talking about like he has off the field issues. I don't mm-hmm. that's not what I'm saying. From all accounts, Ron Horse is a good man. We're, we're talking about on the field here, we're talking about, you know, ball. Mm-hmm. Um you're going to have to try to go to some kind of zone read because it's going to be Robbie again this week. So you're going to have to go to some zone reads. Um, you're just really going to have to simplify the offense. You're going to have to do quick RPOs, like you said, quick bubble screens. Uh, mm-hmm. Just hopefully get these, you know, Malcolm Johnson bar, get these guys a ball, man. And then when we do get down into the red zone, let's use Xavier Capers. Let's use Landon King. Let's mm-hmm. use Camden Brown. Let's use that size. So, and as far as how this team comes out Saturday night versus LSU, if you're this staff, you've got nothing to lose. So, it's true. throw the sink at them. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you find a way to win this game, do you somehow 4-1? and one? I mean, but that's just, that's kind of where, that's where I'm at with all that, man, because you just can't. You can't at this point. You can't expect this offensive line to get any, you know getting better in the current scheme. We've we've seen what it is. Something's got to change because they cannot line up in this pro style offense that we're trying to run and win their matchups. They just can't. We've all seen the picture of that fourth and one play. Mm. I mean, never had a chance. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm. So, you're just going to have to go in the zone read. And make those defensive ends consider either Robbie or Tank, either Robbie or Jarquez. Why not line up both? Why not have a little pistol formation where you've got Jarquez and Tank? You know, at the end of the day, we, those guys still know way more X's and O's than I do. But just, uh, the point I'm making is they got to try something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dustin, uh, I wanted to give a wanted to give a quick rundown on this second half. Uh, with Auburn's offense real quick, man. Um, Second half possessions, Dustin. Auburn, three plays, punt. They get the ball back, seven plays, 30 yards, punt. Auburn gets the ball back again, six plays, seven yards, punt. Auburn gets the ball back, three plays, one yard, punt. Next possession, three plays, no yards, Punt. Following possession, four plays, 24 yards, punt. All right. Last possession, going in, trying to win a game. You get three minutes and 25 seconds left on the clock. Uh, Robbie hits Coy Moore for a big game. Uh, you're moving the football. Um, yeah, I, I, man, I don't. Third and six, Robbie makes a play. He scrambles up. Um, I thought he got the first, uh, but he started his slide right before the right before the line to gain, and they called it a fourth and one. And you're back to that fourth and one mentality, Dustin. And um, you, you've done absolutely nothing on offense to this point in the second half. Like I just ran down, it was punt, 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 and you get to a, a fourth Shout and Oscar Chapman. Yeah, right. Uh, Fourth and one on Missouri's 29-yard line. And and one thing, real quick, Dustin, I want to say to all the people who said, well, he should have kicked the field goal. Did anybody see Anders Carlson Saturday? Did- yeah, and I was in, in real time, I was that way. But hindsight, looking back at it, you know, 
clearly clearly something's up there. Yeah, I think it, is it a lingering injury, man? Is it the is it the ACL? Uh, I I don't know. Like I I hope he he bounces back from the performance Saturday. I really do. Uh, I'm a big fan, but I knew why Harson was going for it. I think he knows uh, there there might have been some some uh, mental stuff going on with yeah, Anders. Probably hasn't been good. Yeah, and um, you know he just he saw that kick right before half from 45. He missed yeah. it and. I just I think he said, "Hey, let me install this fourth and one mentality again." And look, for everybody out there saying that he should have kicked a field goal, man, if you can't line up and you can't dominate the line of scrimmage and get a freaking yard to win a football game, you can't get a yard to win a football game. We have a serious problem, Dustin. We have a serious freaking problem, man. We do. And and the serious problem is the offensive line. And the offensive line. And did you see two guys come free? You have a tight end just absolutely whiffed, bro. I mean, he he whiffed. He whiffed. Uh, and and uh, two guys make contact with Tank before he can ever dive for the line of scrimmage or the line to gain anything. Man, he didn't even make it back to the line of scrimmage before he was getting hit. And Right there, Dustin. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I said I dropped my head and I said we lost, we lost, and I just we can't get a yard, bro. On fourth and no, one, and you know on that on that point, man. Whenever we lined up in it or before we came out, Robert Griffin on the broadcast said they cannot come out here with Tank lined up seven eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Because they're not getting, they're not getting the push. That's what he said. And then we, we came out in that. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a fair point to say that we've all been wanting Tank to get the ball. We've all, if we didn't, uh, I think Zach Blacker made the point. If we didn't give Tank the ball there, everybody would have been like, "Oh my God, you're getting so." Yeah, you know. I would have maybe found a different way to do that, just based mm-hmm. on what you've seen all game. You're that that's just not working for you. Um, maybe a pistol, even a shotgun, puts him four to five yards instead of the seven to eight that he was. Um, we just don't have the personnel to to do that. And I know that that's what they want to be able to do: a downhill running team in between the tackles, pro style. But the personnel is just not there. We just we just can't do it. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe like the sneak that we did earlier with Robbie, something where you're getting tanked the ball on a quick pitch, something. I don't know. Uh, and that's one thing that I will give, at least acknowledge for this coaching staff, is that a lot of the play calling probably does look worse than what it is just because the offensive line is not getting it done. Yeah. Now, we could talk about, well, what did you do in the offseason to improve the offensive line? The answer is absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as far as just like, whether it's Keesaw or the Harson calling the plays, um, I will give them that. It probably is, it, it, the play calls probably aren't as bad as they look because at the end of the day, how can you judge the quarterbacks? How can you judge the running backs? How can you judge the receivers? Because the the offense will no offense will ever work if the offensive line is not working. Mm-hmm. And to say that ours is I don't want to, you know, pound on them, but man, it's just not up to par. It, and it's not it hasn't been good enough the first three weeks or four four weeks. Um, and this is the easiest part. The easiest part of our schedule is now out of the way. Now mm. we're three and one, and like me and you were talking about, like I'm just praying for a bowl. I want to keep that streak and making a bowl going. Um, those extra practices mean a lot and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So you know, I definitely and it, it's just still an opportunity to go out there and win a football game. Um. So that's just kind of where I'm at with it. It's just well, I hope we find a way to get six. And the credit to the boys because like it wasn't going good, but after that review and it was you know score was final, um, 
you could definitely see the relief. Like, they wanted that one. Like, Robbie wanted that one. Derek Hall wanted that one. So, as crazy as it happened, as crazy as it came, you know, we got Gifton one there, and we're 3-1. and one. And Like you said, man, they're just – there's a lot of stuff that's going to have to get right. And I don't know. I don't, I just don't know. I don't know what we're going to be able to do if with the offensive line in the state that it is. Yeah, Dustin, uh, I wanted to ask you, man, what was, what was going through your mind uh, when Missouri was lining up to kick the, to kick the game winner with three seconds left uh, to end regulation? Um, the thicker kicker, I mean, man. Thicker kicker, all right? He didn't even take any practice strokes, Dustin. Right? I, I thought we were dead, man. I thought we were dead. What was going through your mind? Yeah, I thought it was over for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, could, I couldn't believe it. College football is just crazy, and this season seems to have been, it been even more nuts. So, Voodoo, man. You know, hey, glad it happened, and, and, in, and in overtime, we miss a, we miss a field goal. And they jump off sides, and we get gifted, and Anders hits it. And before all that, we thought Robbie threw a pick, and they review it, and he didn't throw a pick. And then Missouri fumbles out the end zone, and we recover it. And, and it's a touchback, and we win the game 17-14, to 14, Dustin. It was one of the most bizarre endings I've ever seen in my life. It was, it was insane. It was crazy. Um, I'm going to go big picture here, buddy. I'm like, you know, hey, I'm glad – Probably won the game, or even mm-hmm. if if we won every game like that, I'd be fine. I mean, like at the end of the day, you know, we just want to win the game. And I know, like I said, I wouldn't have to go back too far to find some goofy losses in there for us. That was definitely one of the more goofy. You know, that was just the silliest game, mm-hmm. the silliest ending I've seen in a long time, um, probably ever. But. Bigger picture, man. So you go into the you go into the half, fourteen to fourteen, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're at home. A touchdown would have sealed the deal for you. Mm-hmm. Twenty one, and you don't have to go through all that. So Nathan King posted this on Twitter the other day. Auburn's last six second halves against Power Five opponents. You ready? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not good. It hurts. Zero points, six points, three points, three points, six points, zero points. Mm. That, that, so, I mean, it's just. <laughs> mm. Um, I'll do this. Your last, well, let's stay on the second half here. Let's stay on the second half. Mm-hmm. Justin Hokuson wrote a great piece breaking all this down yesterday so and this is this is I'm getting all this from Justin Hogan at all of our lives mm-hmm. over the last seven games against power five competition including Houston ball game we have a two and six record in those eight games mm. and this is a breakdown of the second half oh my goodness in those eight games 31 points total so you're averaging 3.9 points a second half mm-hmm that's in those games, three total touchdowns. So you're averaging 0. 0.4 touchdowns in the second half. Mm. 24 punts. God. Six turnovers. Five scoring drives. So you have more turnovers mm-hmm. in your last eight games versus Power Five, including the bowl game, which wasn't a Power Five. Six turnovers to five scoring drives. Four turnovers on downs. Mm. In that time, we are seven for twenty-eight in third down conversions. Four for twenty-eight. Excuse me. Let's see. This is four for twenty-eight in, uh, in the okay in the fourth. So it's seven for twenty-eight in the third quarter on third down conversions, and four for twenty-eight in the fourth quarter on third down conversions. You have oh my, and that in that time. 15 total points in the fourth quarter, so you're averaging 1.9 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just... Man, I took a look back at our schedule, Blake, over the last two years. Because this is... 
this is something that I is bothering me. All right, even though everything I just read to you definitely <laughs> definitely should bother you. Mm-hmm. Um, power five teams at home mm-hmm. under this current staff. This is excluding your the one you pull out of your butt versus Georgia State, mm-hmm. and then whatever in the world was the San Jose State game in week two. <laughs> um, still, you won by a touchdown versus San Jose State at home. But mm-hmm. both of the games are at home. You barely pull those out versus G5 teams that you are superior talent to them. But versus Power 5 teams, 34 to 10 at home to Georgia. I'm going to be fair. I thought we played better than the score indicated in that game. Mm-hmm. I thought that the game plan, whether it was Mike Bobo or Carson, and I thought the defensive game plan as well. I thought the game plans were good. It just is what it is right now with Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then some things happened in that game, and it kind of, they scored late. It was closer than 34 to 10. But nevertheless, there's no participation trophies, 24-point loss, and the deep south all rival at home. And I think every Auburn fan out there is getting sick of losing to Georgia. Mm-hmm. You win. First Ole Miss, 31-20. to Probably, in my opinion, either that or um, the 24-19 win in Baton Rouge just because of the history, just because of how how hard that's been for us, no matter the coach. Mm-hmm. Either one of those two games is Brian Horst's best game in my opinion. And we came out firing in that game and only scored three in the second half, testing back to the second half woes. But yep. you won by 11 versus a good old Miss team on Halloween night and Jordan Aaron rocking, so good job. Then, you have the 43-34 to 34 loss to Mississippi State. It is the largest ball lead in Auburn football history, and you get that at home. Then you have the 24-22 loss to Bama, in which you led 10-0 to zero in the fourth quarter. So you left ten to zero in the fourth quarter at home to Bama, and you couldn't get it done. Mm. Then you have the largest non-conference loss in the history of Jordan Stadium, mm. forty-one to twelve at Penn State. Me and you had the privilege of being there. Mm-hmm. And then you have last week's win, seventeen to fourteen versus Mizzou. So that's your two and two and four at home, and I mean. First mm. power five teams, and last week, I'll, I'll give it to you. You won the game. You're dead, coach. So, but, but we saw it. It was man, definitely a struggle. Definitely was not an inspiring performance. It makes you feel. It doesn't make you feel good going forward. So, not protecting our house, mm-hmm. and that is unacceptable. And for the money people, <laughs> think about it like this, man. You, you didn't have a full, you know, you didn't finish the game with a full crowd. That was because of rain. Yep. So I'm going to be 100% fair, but you didn't finish with Mercer with a full crowd. You didn't finish San Jose State because people just got up and left. You didn't finish first Penn State with a, with a full crowd because people just got up and left. And you didn't finish Mizzou with a full crowd because people just got up and left. Mm. Like, and this is, everyone knows what this fan base is. It goes without saying. We just heard all offseason, SEC media days. We've all seen the clips with Joey Burrow. We all know what it is. Everyone knows this is probably the hardest place to play in the country. Mm-hmm. And you see you see the passion with baseball last year, the passion with basketball last year. Everyone knows what the Auburn fan base is. And those people aren't sitting in the seats to finish the game. Mm. Something's wrong, man. Something is wrong, and I hate seeing it. It makes me sad. Like that's like that's just my takeaway from it. It's just sad, man. Like it sucks to wait all summer for something, and like the expectations aren't. I predicted seven and five, eight and four, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't have crazy expectations for this, but man, something's got to give, dude. This is not it. Yeah, Dustin. Beneath um... Auburn standards. Mm-hmm. Dustin, I I predicted eight and four. I, I thought there was a path. Seven and five, eight and four, maybe eight wins with a bowl game. I was eight and four until the Nick Brahms injury, and I thought yeah. losing a starting center was worth the game, so I went down to seven and five. Yeah, and and I also thought that that Zach Calzada would be the starting quarterback. Um, so 
I don't know, man. Tough times. Um, and I know there's a lot of hostility in the fan base. Uh, there's a lot of toxicity as well. Um, but you know what? This is how I'm gonna. I, this is how I'm coming away from the Mizzou game, man. Is like I know. Um, look, I'll be honest with you, man. I know we're not a good football team. All right. I'm, I'm just gonna lay it out there, Dustin. I'm not here to sugarcoat shit, and I'm not oh, here. Man. Listen, dude. We're all we have eyes. We're all watching. Yeah. It. Um, that was the easiest part of our schedule, and unless, like I keep saying, just because this is just, I'm just hoping. But no, you're. you're not, Unless they change it, bro, you're not lying. Yeah, <laughs> and, and see it, like I'm look, we're, I'm not here to sunshine pump anybody. And I got told the other day they were like, "Man, why are you so negative about Auburn?" Look, I'm not negative about Auburn. I love Auburn. I love Auburn football. I love Auburn basketball. I love Auburn baseball. I'm just trying to keep it real with you, okay? We're not a good football team right now, okay? And I just. Um, I'm gonna walk away from the Missouri win, Dustin, and say, "Hey, we're three and one. We're one and zero in the SEC, and let's get weird Saturday night in Jordan Hare. Get weird one time, all right? Maybe LSU walks in there, and we we've got you know ninety thousand people uh, screaming their damn heads off, and this defense feeds to it. Maybe we come up with some takeaways and and give our offense some short field position, or and the offense capitalizes. I don't know, Dustin, but I want to come away from this game thinking that we actually have a shot to beat LSU. All right, because this was one of the games where I thought could propel us uh, into making it to a bowl game and potentially Harson saving his job this year. I thought this was one of the games that we would have a chance to win and. That's how I want to walk into Saturday night is I want to look at LSU and say, hey, we can beat those dudes, all right? So all we have to do is convert on offense because I think our defense can bring it, all right? I think our defense can keep us in this game. All we need is our offense to convert and make a few plays and and put some damn points on the board, man, all right? Now, finish drives out. Got to find a way to score, man. Just gotta find a way to score. Finish drives. Stop with the with the you know the penalties and everything. Cut it all down, man. And and execute. And I love I love saying that now. Uh, I hit Lance up with it. It's all about execution, baby. All right, you gotta execute, Dustin. Um, but hey, when when you start, man, when the SEC fan base starts to turn on you, every little thing you say. Hmm. Hmm. That's tough, man. It's a tough job, man. It, it is. Um, yeah, you know, me and you were talking about the importance of the Penn State game. Um, I feel like four games into the season, based off all the information that's at hand, I feel like I know which way this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, that's my head. My heart is orange and blue. So, uh it's gonna to have to be one of them crazy. I think back to what was I think it was twenty twelve whenever we went three and nine. I think we started Kyle Frazier that game. Yeah. And we lost twelve to ten. <laughs> yeah. And we really we had I mean, if we just did anything on offense, we would have won the you know, we mm-hmm. we were in an field position to go thirteen to twelve. I don't know exactly what happened, but just you know, we all know how that year went. Very similar circumstances, man. Very similar uh very similar in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the last stand because if you don't get it done this week, barring the biggest miracle that Auburn has seen since the kick six for sure, and I honestly would say beating Georgia would be a bigger miracle than that. Uh, it would probably be the greatest win in Auburn history. Uh mm. I mean, seriously, I mean, think about it. Going to Athens under all these circumstances, this yeah. it would be, you know. Uh, so, that's kind of where you're at. Uh, if you don't win this week, you have a real tough task going to Athens. And you're sitting three and three, and me and you, you know, and everybody out there listening, y'all listen to the other podcast, y'all get your information and all that kind of stuff. Y'all know what's up. We've all heard what could happen if we were three and three at the bye week. So yep. that that really puts the importance on on this one. And 
like I said, if this is if this staff still wants this job, if they still want to fight tooth and nail for this job, which I'm assuming they didn't get in their position that they're in today, you know, without having that competitive fire. Um, I'm not accusing anybody of sandbagging anything, but it's just one of the things where it's like, man, you've got to make serious changes this week. I mean, like now, because this is a game that this program really, really needs, or it's going to go, most likely it's going to go in a very bad direction. So hmm. it's over at LSU. There's, and you can go back to the interception game, the earthquake game. You know, there's just so many, man. We could go all day with this one. So it's a night game. Even though, if you could, there's probably some other games that should have gotten that slot. Um, yeah, man. I'm, something's going to have to happen, dude. I'm pulling for whatever crazy, like you said, let's get weird in there. I hope, I hope, buddy. Well, Dustin, man, uh, I really appreciate you joining me tonight, man. And, uh, Look, I'd, I'd love to get you back on here. Um, probably, I'd, I'd say like Thursday, um, and and we can talk about LSU and that matchup. We can kind of dive in and and kind of break it down, see what uh, both teams want to do, and uh, and just look at that, man. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, I'm good anytime, buddy. Sounds good, Dustin, brother. Uh, if you could, before you get out of here, always just drop your Twitter, your Twitter handle, social media, whatever, man, so my listeners can find you. D-M-I-C-H-A-U-D 28 D-M-I-C-H-A-U-D 28 I heard that Dustin Man I'll leave you with a war eagle And we'll talk soon Alright buddy War eagle man Alright man Everybody Dustin Smith uh, Coming on To talk about the Auburn Tigers Look I hate it's gotta be this way Um, We try to find some positive to talk about Auburn this week, you know, somehow you come out with a victory, seventeen to fourteen over the Missouri Tigers. I don't, I still don't know how it happened, uh, even after watching the recap. But uh, one thing I do want to do before we get out of here is I want to show Robbie Ashford some love, man. Uh, he went downfield on a block. He got hurt. Uh, he had to leave the game. Holden Garner, the true freshman, comes in, uh, does really well for him being under pressure so much. And uh, got a made a big third down throw, I believe, uh, if I remember if I remember correctly. Uh, but he comes out, Robbie comes back in, and, and leads the team to a victory. Man, he finds a way, a will. There's a way, and Robbie found it. Man, huge shout out to Robbie Ashford uh, for finding a way for this football team. And look, you're one and zero in the SEC. All right, you're one and zero. Got a chance to be two and zero at home. Got LSU coming in, man. Uh, nobody's giving you a chance once again. Nobody, not a soul. So make something happen. Get weird in Jordan Hare Stadium and get loud, man, and pull for these Auburn Tigers. And with that, I'm out. I'll catch you on the next one. War Damn Eagle, and let's get weird Saturday night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 